Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrant. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into another week of Train, Eat, Repeat. I am flying Han Solo. I know that was pretty lame, but uh, I'm flying solo this week. Going to be a really quick episode and an episode uh, based on some of the conversations that we've had on our social media um, and also that Andrea and, have, and I have sort of realized or conversations we've had with our clients and made us realize that there is a lot more to health uh, than just weight loss. But before we get into that, uh, first of all, welcome to the podcast. If you're a first time listener, this is episode number 79. So there's a lot of good information um, that you can go back to. If you've been a listener for a long time. Excellent. Thank you so much for listening. We can appreciate it. Um, please go on if you haven't already and you are a listener and let us know what you think of the podcast. So you can do that on iTunes. You can just scroll right to the bottom when you look up the show, train, eat, repeat, and then just leave a, fi- a star review. Hopefully it's a five star, but if not, we want to know what you like and also what you don't like. Um, and then just leave a quick paragraph review on what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear about, uh, maybe what guests you would like to see and what topics you would like covered. The more you do that, the more that this podcast will get out to others that they can listen to, get the information that they need. And that is our main goal with this podcast. And while you're there, if you do love what you're hearing, just hit subscribe and that episode will get downloaded directly into your feed every single week. And if you're on Spotify, you can do the same thing. You just can't leave a review. So go ahead and hit subscribe on Spotify um, and share with your friends, family. I always say, listen, learn, share, and enjoy in that order uh, if possible. So let's jump right into the episode. Like I said, this was uh, based off of some conversations that we had with our clients and, and more so the mindset that people have when they start to set out on a health journey and how we can look at other health goals that are maybe, I don't want to say they're more worthy, but I would say they're just as worthy health goals as weight loss. And the reason why I bring that up and why Andrea and I feel it's so pertinent to bring up is that you know, when people look to make a change, uh, majority of the time, though, one of the first things that we hear is weight loss. That's the number one thing that people want. And then following that, uh, usually around number two is creating better habits, whether it be around eating, exercise, stress management. Um, and then the last one typically is they want to feel better. They want to, um, you know, like the person that they see in the mirror, not just aesthetically, but there's also a, a mental image component in there as well, um, and their ability to live longer, healthier lives. And the thing I challenged on my social last yesterday, um, if you're listening to this podcast on the day it comes out on Wednesday, so it was on Tuesday, was that you know, what if we re-engineered those goals to focus on item two and three? So focusing on the habits, focusing on on feeling better, um, and then the byproduct of that would be the weight loss. And so by no means am I saying that weight loss is not a good goal. All I'm saying is that what I want to cover on today's podcast are worthy health goals that don't include weight loss because that is always such the focus. Um, and again, this is subjective. This is something that Andrea and I have sort of noticed. Obviously, there are more markers of health and other health goals that you may strive for, and that's fantastic. In fact, I love a good conversation. If you have something to add to this conversation or this list of items, um, we would love to hear from you. Um, but let's jump right into the first one. Uh, the first one we came up with 
was maintaining a healthy amount of stress. So I've talked about numerous times, both Andrea and I, about how the goal of our programs or the goal when we're working with a client is never to eliminate stress. You can't eliminate it, right? And if anything, if you did eliminate it, you had no pressure to to strive to get better. Um, you had no ambition or, or push from a, anyone else on the outside influence or even within yourself to to strive to get a new job or or you know lose weight even if we want to talk about that just as a few examples if we didn't have any of that which is still stress you probably wouldn't accomplish the things that you are accomplishing but more so the goal is how do we manage that stress right how do we manage that stress that that sort of leaves us um you know, worn out, burned out, um, all those descriptive terms. Um, Because, you know, there is that sweet spot in the middle where stress continues to push us to want to be better. And then you can also take it to the extreme, though, where you do have that burnout. Um, And some examples of, of where in the middle would be from a few markers of health. Um, and I'll share this article. Um, if you're a part of the Train, Eat, Repeat group on Facebook, fantastic article talking about stress management in general, but how stress can actually be looked at as a good thing. And more importantly, that the things that stress us out, it's not necessarily those things that stress us, right? Like, it's not like uh, kids crying that or, you know, dinner not being on the table in time or traffic. It's our response to that stressor that dictates how we feel. You can always look at it in a different perspective, most things, right? And all of a sudden now, I'm not necessarily on the burnout side of things. I'm looking at the opportunity or the good things that come from it. And I'm not saying you're going to be able to find the good in everything. You will just have days that flat out, you know, lack of better words, suck. But you still have the ability to reframe how you respond to that stressor. So here are some examples on on how you could look at stress as like a good thing. From a physical health component, obviously we know that um, you your body has to be under stress in order for you to continuously see results, right? So when you talk about like Andrea and I training 22 weeks or whatever it was for our half marathon, there were numerous times where we were under an extreme amount of stress. Um, you know, whether it be the mileage that was prescribed, our lack of recovery from the day before, um, I'll get to the environmental factors, but it was hot <laughs> in the middle of the summer, as you can imagine. But stressors can energize you. You know, they sharpen your senses and increase your ability to withstand discomfort. It, for anyone out there who's done a workout program for a period of time, you've realized that positive effect of stress. What you, The first workout you ever did in a program, if you were to redo that now, three months later, a year later, whatever, there's no way that that workout is going to feel as hard as it did in that moment. You may not even realize it, but I'm just bringing it to your attention. Um you know, and then it, it, that also means too that you're not burning the candle candles at both ends because intermittent stress coupled with recovery, right? And we've talked about that. We can't just go, 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 but it helps your body become more capable. From a mental and cognitive health standpoint, uh, you know, managed effectively, stress helps you focus your attention, plan for future challenges, and enhance memory and learning. Stressors might even feel like a, a fun puzzle to solve. I think we all have that 
sort of ingrained in us. A good like relative example, uh, most recently for me, is there was this sink that I need to have installed. And I'm not the handiest person in the world, if you guys know me. And if you don't, I'm just telling you right now, I'm not the handiest guy. So don't call me to uh, help with any construction projects. I can basically swing a hammer and, and lug things around. However, I wanted to challenge myself to try and install this sink on my own. Um, for the cost benefit, sure, but I just felt like it was, it's an important skill to sort of learn. Um, I did have a little help from YouTube, so I won't say I just went off and just did it. But the satisfaction of trying to solve that problem or solve that puzzle of installing that sink and the satisfaction after the fact. So the next time I do that, it's not going to be as stressful because it's something I've already done, right? There's that growth component there. And it was more of a mental stressor for sure than it ever was something that was physical. Although getting underneath the sink is 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 a little bit awkward. But that would be a perfect example of how stress can look be looked at as a positive um, when we come up against mental and con- for mental challenges. From an emotional health standpoint, stress can help you develop heightened awareness, stronger relationships, and a greater appreciation for the ups and downs in life. Everybody on this podcast should know what I'm talking about. Um, I just talked about earlier how some days you will just have days that suck, but it's your resiliency and your way to reframe that setback. My wrist being a good example of that, um, you know, a bad day at work, a fight with a spouse, whatever it might be, there's always a way to reframe how you look at that experience and how you are going to respond, right? I talked about how your response to that stressor is what changes your outlook um, or changes how you look at that stressor, either in a good or a bad light. So there's definitely opportunities there. And there's been times in your life, I'm sure, where you've been able to look on the right side after meditation, prayer, going to church, talking with a friend, um, or just internalizing and journaling it. But there's always that opportunity to look at things from another perspective, even if you can't do it right in that moment, because obviously our first rea- gut reaction typically is is be mad, be sad. Um, and those, and those, you have to feel those things, right? That's also something that stress can elicit. But hopefully you're able to see the benefit of some of those emotional health stressors. From a social health component, some conflict is actually crucial for healthy, secure relationships. You know, if you agree, it's, it's like the same idea. If you had zero stress, you had no desire, you had no push from anyone. Well, the same thing inside of your social health. If you got along with your spouse, your kids, your friends, you agreed on every single thing, um, it would get kind of stale after a while. Right. And so why it, it, it's not necessarily healthy to always be battling and always be argumentative. It is a good thing to have your own opinions and bring them to the table and have a adult, if you will, I use that in quotations, adult conversation around things. Um, and, and, and especially inside of, of intimate relationships, uh, whether it be a girlfriend, spouse, boyfriend, whoever, you know, your ability to voice your concerns when you guys don't agree on something, uh, it's so easy. Easy when you love someone to just agree with them and just move on. But the thing is, is that you know inside your mind you don't agree with that person and you need to voice those stressors voice that stress that you have and whether you, and it's just hearing out that other person right um existential existential health um you know nothing makes you feel alive 
like facing a crisis and emerging on the other end with a new sense of self, purpose, priorities, uh, you know, from, from not an experience that I've had, but you can imagine somebody who has overcome a huge catastrophe in their life. Um, Andrea talked about Tiffany, one of her clients couple days back on social media, she was in a horrific car accident, told she would never walk, had brain damage, um, and she would never be able to live on her own and, and have kids. Uh, and she has done all those things. And, you know, that gives her a new self, uh, self-purpose, um, you know, and it's something that, uh, has allowed her to enjoy life, I'm sure, and and reflect on that, sort of going back to that sort of emotional health, if you will. Um, you know, and it's this often happens when your values and purpose are threatened, uh, that you're most energized to commit to them. Um, so this also could be when you stand up for something and you believe so wholeheartedly in it that you start a fundraiser or you um, start a community uh, event uh, to bring awareness to people. You know, for November, uh, November, uh, I wear a mustache every November to bring awareness to men's health issues because um, it's important to me. And it's important to me because of uh, family that have dealt with it. So then that's an example of an existential health stressor that could be looked at as a positive. And then environmental health. I mean, this happens in Michigan, if you're in Michigan all the time, or if you're anywhere in the Midwest, uh, because we get the full realm of conditions, hot, cold, humid, uh, downright freezing, um, you know, windy, rain, thunderstorm, snow. Um, but your ability to be in those elements makes you more adaptable. Um, you know, a good example is, is like exercising in hot, humid temperatures. Can't tell you how many times we had to do a track workout or a long run when it was 80% humidity um, and add the heat on top of that. And while it sucked... I had to walk a few times, um, you know, totally dehydrated after a run like that. I was better able to regulate my body temperature when the race came up in October. And so while, yes, it was a stressor on my body and to a certain extent, a negative stressor because dehydration is never a good thing, I was able to adapt and grow because of it. Or like you see it all the time. Uh, I have friends who are in LA and they've lived there for a very long time. When they come home, 50 degrees, bar none, they are in a winter coat, a winter hat, gloves. I mean, you would think that they are in sub-zero temperatures. Well, that's an adaptation that they've lost. And then if they came back, they would have to go through that stressor in order to adapt. So those are just some examples on on how we can look at stress in a positive light. But more so, um, again, the goal is not to get rid of stress for the various reasons that I just pointed out, but being able to manage it and have just enough so that you keep striving, you keep going, you keep trying to reinvent yourself and not saying that you have to, but part of life is is growth. And part of that one mechanism that helps with that is stress. So I don't think I just want to get rid of stress, right? But managing it and trying to find that middle spot is important. The second one, good strength. And I would even put in parentheses, body weight strength. You know, let's throw out the intense CrossFit workout, the powerlifting competition, the half marathon, but your ability to hoist, pull, 
push and move your body through space is something that will deteriorate as you age. It's just, it's the way it works, but it won't deteriorate as much. For instance, you lose about uh, a certain percentage of your strength every year after 35, men and women. So regardless of how much you're lifting, regardless of how much you're working out, you are just losing it. That's just deterioration, right? But keeping that strength is so important, not just for the competitions, but for your ability to live an able life. Your ability to go on vacations, your ability to get up off the floor if you were to fall down. I can't tell you how many times you know, and that's why they have things like life alert, right? I've fallen and I can't get up. But if you keep that strength, then if you're able to move your own body through space, you are more able to do the things that you want to do. And it could be as simple as being able to do a bodyweight squat, a push-up, your ability to pull yourself up on a ladder out of a pool, you know, your ability to come down on one knee and then stand up from that position. The more you practice these things, um, I would say that is as good of a goal, health goal as any. Um you know, and also trying to stave off things like osteoporosis, osteoarthritis, especially in women. Uh, there's a huge bone density uh, benefit to keeping strength training inside of your workouts. Um, I promise I wouldn't talk about weight loss, but there's obviously a huge metabolism benefit. Your metabolism cooks at a higher rate, the more lean tissue we have on our frame um, and reduce cancer risk. Uh, you know, we want to talk about the foods and the environment that surround us that cause these cancers to happen. There's been numerous studies where kidney cancer, prostate cancer has been significantly, the chances of producing that cancer um, has been significantly reduced in individuals that strength train. So again, keep it simple. The body weight movements, if you guys need more ideas of what a simple workout program looks like, you obviously can reach out to us. But keeping good body weight strength um, is our second worthy health goal. Our third one is keep a good relationship with food. So I'm not going to say, you know, what that could be a very generic term, right? All it really boils down to is you eat the foods that make you feel your best, right? You're still making good choices. You still have the rules in the back of your head. Okay, I don't want to eat processed food. I, I don't want to um, eat a bunch of fast food. I don't want to overconsume one category versus another. You know, I don't want to go full carnivore. And I'm not saying that it doesn't work for you, but the overwhelming majority of individuals are going to benefit from having a more balanced plate. So you eat the foods that make you feel your best. Um, you choose not to have certain foods because eating them doesn't align with your identity. It's just not who you are. You don't feel guilty about it when somebody asks if you want something. Um, and you don't feel like you're missing out on anything either when somebody asks you if you want it. Um, your plate is balanced, which we talked about. Um, and you very infrequently need to hit like the reset button and do like a detox or some kind of cleanse or another diet. You know, the fact that you have to do those things unless there's a, a, a solid reasoning behind it, right, to reset something, which we occasionally use detoxes inside of our program. And they're very specific to the individual for a specific reason. But the re if you were that person that continues to go back into the well, if you will, 
for those types of diets, what it tells me is that you don't have that good balance inside of your life with food, right? It's, I take this, I, I get really consistent for a little bit of time. I see some results and then I, it's not sustainable. So then what I end up doing is going back to what I know, even though what I know is not necessarily serving me. That's not a good relationship with food where you're forcing yourself to basically deprive yourself of certain foods for a period of time, knowing full well that nothing has really changed. I'm going to go back to exactly what I was doing prior to. So creating that good relationship with food, um, how do you do it? Well, I think first of all, is you have to find a system that works for you um, and looking at diet as diet is what you eat. It is not some, there is no magic pill. There is no magic diet. Um, the, the, The truth of the matter is that most diets work as long as they work for the individual and as long as it's something that you can continue on long term. Um, And again, it's exactly what we train inside of our program is we, I want to say I hate the word diet. I hate using the word hate, but it is so beneficial for you to uh, find that sustainable uh, way of eating because if you can find that, it becomes less stress, right? Which goes back to our first one of, of what do I eat and how much do I eat? And it just becomes automatic. It's just something you do. You go based off of how you feel. Um, and you know your body will start to see those results once you create that good relationship with that food. The fourth one is a good sense of self. Plain and simple, you don't compare yourself to anyone. You find the joy in your own life and understand that the struggles you're going through are not unique to you, which if you turn on social media, you will believe that you are the only person with struggle, right? It creates this false reality of everybody's happy all the time. Everybody's getting raises. Everybody has a six pack. Everybody's eating clean food all the time. And that's just not true. And I know I'm not saying anything that you don't know already, but sometimes you just have to check in with yourself um, because it does happen frequently. Even with me, I'll look at social media. I'll compare where somebody is in their career compared to where I am right now. And that comparison game is not doing yourself any service, right? It's not helping you in any shape or regard. Um, And you believe in your abilities and strive to be your best. You know, that to me would be having a good sense of self. You know who you are. You know your faults. You know what you're really good at. um, And you own it. And and I think that's that's the biggest thing. Um, You know, and, and not apologizing for who you are either. That doesn't mean you need to be brash about it, but you are who you are. And, you know, I know a couple friends off the top of my head that they will not succumb and do what everybody else is doing just because they're doing it. And I applaud them for it because there is this mentality that we need to keep up with the social norms. And you don't. You don't if you don't want to. Um, some of them, you know, like bathing <laughs> uh, might might be actually a social norm that you may want to follow. But then again, if you chose not to and you believed so confidently in your decision not to for various reasons and they could be only your reasons and that's okay, then that's okay. Um, but a good sense of self is so important. Um, and, and also, too, what we find is the individuals that are able to find a good sense of self, they're so comfortable and confident in their own body. They carry themselves differently. They end up getting promotions at work. They end up finding somebody who they want to share their life with. Um, and, and they just stand out from everyone else because their ability to be themselves makes that makes them unique. 
Uh, and then the last one is go, good social circle. Uh, you know, we talked about in the stress component that you want to find or you want to challenge uh, your friendships every once in a while, right? Because if you just got along on every single um ideal or every single thing that came up in a conversation, it would get quite boring. Uh, But I think it's really important too that you're finding people that believe in you. They understand who you are. They also are willing to challenge you from time to time in a good way. Uh, And they they, you actively seek out opportunities to connect with like-minded individuals. And when I say like-minded individuals, it doesn't mean they get along with everything that you say. What I mean by that is you have the same interests. Possibly you're, you live in the same area. Um, you also, I would, I would even challenge you to say, find somebody who doesn't have necessarily like all the same interests. You have some common ground to start a conversation on, but then that will open up your mind to other areas of life as well. But that good social circle is so important, especially if you're striving for goals, um, especially if you need that 2 a.m. friend um, that you can call at a moment's notice and you know that they will just sit and listen. Uh, and they're doing it because they see that in you as well. They know that you are a good component or good piece of their social circle. So those are those are the top five uh, that Andrea and I uh, came up with. So the worthy health goals that don't include weight loss are maintaining a healthy amount of stress, right? Having that balance in between both, uh, always keeping good strength or body weight strength at the least, a good relationship with food, a good sense of self, and a good social circle. All of those things combined can lead to weight loss, right? Out weight loss is an outcome goal, but everything that we put that we just talked about are all things that are not an outcome goal because there is no end to those things, right? You constantly are trying to develop those habits that create your that uh that health goal, right? There is no end to stress. Um, You can always get stronger. You can always learn a new physical skill. Um, You're constantly trying to create a better relationship between you and food and how you look at it and how you respond to it, how it makes your body feel. Um, You're always working on yourself, right? And, And trying to build yourself up so that you can conquer the things that you want. And you always need that support cast um, to pull you up when you are having hard times and to cheer you on when you're absolutely killing it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I would love to know if you guys have any comments about the five uh, health goals that we just covered. I also want to hear too, like what would you add to this list potentially? Um, And you guys can do that on our social feeds on Facebook and Instagram. Um, And I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.